Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, what a night, what a morning. We got breaking news. We got uh, an arrest in that attack on the little Asian lady who was heading to church. We have some uh, action taken against the guys who witnessed it and did nothing. We'll give you that. And um, the most bizarre moment in Tucker Carlson tonight history. I'm just going to say I'm an expert on watching Tucker, and we will tell you what happened with Tucker and Matt Gates last night, play some of that sound, the Derek Chauvin trial has begun, and it ain't going well for uh, for Derek. We will talk to John Cardillo uh, today about the Chauvin trial and about all the uh, issues of the day about Matt Gates And uh, the NFL is going to 17 games. What a stupid idea. I admit, I'll probably watch. I will definitely watch that 17 game, but I'll watch, and I will uh, wonder what the hell they're doing. 16 was just right, and they blew it. Uh, we'll get into all that and more. Today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. Hi, Colin, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Well, that was strange. That was unusual. I, you know, you know, you know me, Colin. I'm a Tucker guy. I uh, generally watch uh, you know, religiously. I watch the, the opening segment, never miss that. And he's got, he always does a good monologue. He did a good monologue last night about the, uh, the China virus, uh, but then came out of the blue, a sitting U.S. Congressman, Matt Gates, kind of an outspoken guy, the firebrand, he calls himself, 
uh, comes on with Tucker. I don't think Tucker was ready for this, but then he says, yeah, um, I'm being extorted for $25 million. Um, it's a former DOG official. He names the guy, David McGee. He says they want $25 million from my father, my family. And they uh, were meeting with my father, and my father wore a wire. And I'm going, what the hell is this? I mean, it's, I, it was, if this were a Law and Order episode, I'd say it's a little bit of a stretch. This was an interview live on Tucker. And then the really weird part. Uh, if you haven't seen this yet, you must see it. It's got to be available on the, online or it's got to, people have to be tweeting about it. So find it because it's so strange. And and Gates, to his credit, I give him credit. I mean, most guys in this situation where there's officially an investigation of you for sex trafficking, which means taking his 17-year-old girlfriend across state lines, apparently, there's an investigation, a federal government investigation of you most guys would be a little skittish a little hesitant to answer questions to explain to tell your whole side of the story you know without talking to a lawyer or without, without uh, consulting and thinking it through but he didn't hold back man this was if if he if he's innocent this is the way to do it just answer it tell your side of the story and 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 get it all out there but i don't think i've ever seen a more bizarre moment certainly in tucker carlson history but in <laughs> cable news history than when Matt Gates says, yeah, remember when we had dinner together, Tucker, you and your wife and me and my girlfriend? And I'm thinking, is this some kind of alibi where he's saying, yeah, I was with Tucker and everyone, you know, Tucker's a family guy and he doesn't, he doesn't drink and he doesn't mess around. And Tucker's like, I'm doing you a friggin' favor right now. <laughs> will you, will you goes, I don't remember that. Okay, that's weird. And I know Tucker's probably got some famous friends and he's done a lot in his life, but I would remember having dinner with Matt Gates and his girlfriend, whether it's the 17 year old or not, it's going to be some smoke show from Florida. And Gates is kind of loud and kind of animated. I'd say that would be something I would remember. But Tucker says, I don't remember. Do we, I mean, you, if you haven't seen it, Tucker's like incredulous. He's shocked. He's like, what? <laughs> You're bringing me into this. Yeah, you, uh, you got to see his face as it's all. Let's, kind of going let's out. listen to uh, Gates' uh, story and Tucker's reaction and uh, <laughs> discuss it further. Again, I only know what I've read in the New York Times. Uh, I can say that actually you and I went to dinner uh, about two years ago. Your wife was there, and I brought a friend of mine. You'll remember her. And she was actually threatened by the FBI, told that if she wouldn't cop to the fact that somehow I was involved in some pay-for-play scheme, uh, that she could face trouble. And so uh, I do believe that there are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to smear me, uh, you know, providing for flights uh, and hotel rooms for people that you're dating who are of legal age is not a crime. Uh, and I'm just troubled that the lack of any sort of legitimate uh, investigation into me would then permute, would then convert into this extortion attempt. I, I, I don't remember the, the woman you're speaking of or the context at all, honestly, but I... Uh <laughs> he does not remember. Um, that's, you that's tell him his brain, he's like, I'm not even listening to the context of what you're saying. Uh, you just brought me, my wife, the, like, you just brought me into this for no reason whatsoever. And uh, Man, you fluster, you know, Tucker, that, that's something. And he's talking about his father wearing a wire and allegedly delivering, you know, supposedly to deliver four and a half million of this. Of this today, it's due today, right? It's, it's due today. To the former DOJ official who's extorting him on top of the New York Times story that said he's uh, hanging out with a 17-year-old girl and flying her everywhere. It just was so bizarre and so entertaining. And I, you got to give it to Matt Gates. He brings it, man. You get him as a guest. He does not let you down. And uh, I assume they're all fighting over a chance to have him gone again tonight because he's on with... Uh, on with Hannity all the time and on with uh, you know, Tuck, uh, Tucker and Laura, and they're all probably fighting each other to get him on tonight. And don't do tell, it. No, you don't need that. Howie, if you're listening, don't do it. You don't need to be a witness in this one. You don't tell, yeah. yeah. Why don't you reach out to Matt Gates? I, I, yeah. I, I, I am looking well, for him. You've never gone to dinner with him, right? So we're, we're I don't think so. I think I, I don't remember him, but I would definitely remember his uh, girlfriend, whether it's the 17 year old or not. Uh, yeah. You think uh, Tucker could have thrown him one there by the, well, no, cause he threw Tucker under the bus, but he, Tucker could have been like, well, I don't remember who you were with, but I definitely feel like I would have remembered if she was 17. 
which <laughs> good point good point if it's a <laughs> you'd be like holy crap this girl's in high school <laughs> and tucker's you know 50 something i'm having dinner and all his kids are all older than that be, i'm having dinner with a high school kid he would remember so maybe that was the whole point i don't know we'll we'll find out what the whole the point of bringing that up and we'll find out if indeed uh his father was wearing a wire and sending this form. It was just so wild and uh, so entertaining. Hopefully, there'll be more of it. We'll talk to uh, our uh, our new friend, John Cardillo, today. He's a former NYPD officer and a conservative commentator and just kind of a uh, interesting guy on, uh, on law enforcement issues. And uh, he's a Florida guy. And I believe, I believe he knows Matt Gates. So we will... Uh, talk to him about that uh, and about the Chauvin trial, which began this week and which uh, I don't think went so well for uh, Officer Chauvin, former Officer Chauvin uh, yesterday. It was a pretty emotional day and some pretty good prosecution witnesses. That's the good news for our friends in Minneapolis um, and uh, store owners and shopkeepers and and uh, gas station owners and, and residents of the Minneapolis. It went well for the prosecution yesterday, and I was not impressed with with Chauvin's lawyer, but we'll see how that we'll talk to John about that. And we'll see how that goes. We got a guy. I don't know if you saw the guy who tweeted at us wants to be our correspondent in Minneapolis. His office overlooks the, I don't know if it's the, the, the new autonomous zone or the courthouse, but he said he'll be there in the middle of it when it all, when hell breaks out. But, and we said, we'll check yeah, in. I think, I think we should recommend that he gets out of town. Uh, That's it. Well, I, I think he works there. I don't think he owns a business. If he owned a oh, business, okay. I would really feel bad for him, but he said he would be there with his cell phone at the ready taking, uh, to cover it for us. I said, good, we'll, we'll check in uh, when it gets hot and heavy. And, and Al Sharpton, is there a Ritz or Four Seasons in Minneapolis? Because we should uh, give Sharpton a call. I'm sure he's in one of those uh, places, uh, and he's there. And, and it's you see Sharpton, you're so, and you just think, there's nothing good that ever comes from Al Sharpton's presence. I mean, he's if this doesn't go... I don't think they're going to wait for a verdict. I think if it, they have some couple of days that don't go well, and that could happen when the defense puts like the medical examiner on the stand or a police, uh, uh, an expert in police procedure and tries to, uh, uh, tr tries to defend Chauvin by saying that, that uh, Floyd died of, you know, the fentanyl and the heart attack and not of the asphyxiation with the knee to the neck and was Chauvin following proper procedure if they do that and it appears to be going well for chauvin that's when they're going to start you know breaking stuff that's when sharpton is going to start really causing trouble i don't think they wait for a verdict it's going to be awful this is going to be awful um, because i think they're never going to let chauvin walk and they shouldn't the guy i mean just watching the video yesterday with the people one after another pleading with him to take your knee off his neck, pleading with him to uh, administer some kind of medical care. And I think the devastating, the real devastating witnesses, the kids were good. And that, 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 that badass guy with the beard who, who just wanted to kick the hell out, kick the crap out of Chauvin. He was a good witness, but the uh, firefighter, female off duty firefighter offering to give medical aid to, uh, to Floyd. And they told her to get lost. She was a great, I, from the, uh, the parts I saw, she was a really good prosecution witness. Again, it's not. Why, not, why did the judge go at her like that? Did you think that was a little aggressive? It, it, it was strange uh, that it, it, I, you know, what I thought was strange that the defense was trying to pin down the witnesses, then say they were angry. Oh, you were mad, and I'm like, yeah, of course they were angry. They thought he was killing George Floyd. That was the whole point of putting these people on the stand. I'm not sure why they couldn't say, hell yeah, I was angry, but I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a long, I think they're predicting three to four weeks. And uh, I don't know. To be honest, I don't even know why there's a trial to begin with. I mean, the video exists, right? Like, why are we even? Why oh, are we yeah, even yeah, yeah, Chelsea, my girl, Chelsea Handler. What did she tweet on? My girl, Chelsea Handler tweeted on, why do we have trials when it's on video? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um uh here it is because i tweeted back at her my you know she's you know we're kind of friends she stays oh here you go summer yeah. oh there we go so pathetic that there's a trial to prove that derek chauvin killed george floyd when there is video of him doing so oh chelsea you are such a dummy honest to god imagine imagine tweeting a grown she got eight million followers probably got like you know half of them to say 
you're right. Shouldn't be a shouldn't be a trial. I mean, well, she. I mean, that that tweet, right? She probably took shit about it immediately, right? Because she has so many followers, so she takes shit. Somebody yeah. responds to her. I'm sure it's been said, but we need a trial for our justice system. Would be more chaotic, blah blah blah. And she quote tweets it and says, "Perhaps we skip trials when there's audio and video footage of the murder." So it's just skip yeah. trials. I mean, obviously he could plead, uh, make a deal and a plea bargain and, and plead to something. But when you're facing, you know, life in prison, uh, I, I guess, you know, we'll talk to John Cardillo about this, but I, I, I don't know why. I mean, you often hear about trials being moved. I've never seen a trial that needed, should have been moved more than this one because the jurors know that there's only one way they can decide this if they want to remain you know unaffected if they want to go back to their lives and live you know quietly peacefully if they if they decide in on any of the counts in Chauvin's favor I mean they're in trouble they know it so there's a real threat hanging over them and they know it wouldn't that be a reason to move a trial because if it's in some if it's in you know Idaho if it's in Rhode Island the jurors aren't thinking I can't rule i can't decide that way or my family's in danger my home my business in minneapolis i wouldn't blame them if they're sitting there saying my family's in trouble if i don't do this that is a scary thought and that's you know obviously not good for chauvin but if they say just acquit him on one count well, then there will be trouble and these people know it so i don't know why it wasn't moved i feel bad for the jurors i mean they're their lives are going to be turned upside down if they don't do exactly what Al Sharpton wants. And that's not justice, but we will see. We'll again, we'll talk to John about that. Um, it's, it's going to go on, like I said, for three weeks. I wasn't impressed with the uh, defense attorney and I maybe Chauvin couldn't find a better one, but this guy was not real smooth, not exactly uh, cousin Vinny um, in, uh, in cross-examining the prosecution witnesses. But uh, a couple other things before we get to, um, John, uh, big, big news this morning. Um, a lot of breaking news. They busted a guy for beating up the little Asian woman who was on her way to church. This thing, this thing worked out well. We talked about it yesterday and it was sickening. If you haven't seen the video, it's sickening. I mean, he, you're the cameras inside a building. I guess it's an apartment building. Is an apartment building or hotel? I can never keep it straight. But anyway, there's a doorman. There's a delivery man, like a UPS guy. He's going through his packages. He witnesses it. Then a doorman witnesses it. And they shut the door. And they look the other way as a 38-year-old. And he looks big in the pictures. He looks like a big, um, strong guy. Uh, is he 30? Yeah. 30, um, he is beating the 65 year old Asian woman who was on her way to church. He's kicking her. It's not, he doesn't even like punch her. He just keeps kicking her. It's sickening. Um, and, uh, they got him. So they had a picture. So they sent out the picture. They got him. Uh, and, um, they also, the hotel or the building, uh, suspended the two men well, uh, suspended. Obviously, they can't suspend a uh, UPS guy or whatever he is. But two security guys or two uh, doormen have been suspended by the company because they did nothing. So that's good because how you could do that, not just do nothing. They literally shut the door and say, like, we're, we're moving. As, and the guy was, like, walking away, wasn't he, in the video? Yeah, he walked away. And they, I mean, at least could have, you know, they didn't help her you know she's laying on the sidewalk he broke her pelvis Ugh. he beat her kicked her to the point where she broke her pelvis his name is brandon elliott he was busted last night and again if you see the picture he looked big he looks strong he, and he looks just evil and he beats her up she uh you know can't get she she can't move she's got a broken pelvis and these security guys do nothing but you're not going to believe this. He was uh, living in a homeless a hotel converted to a homeless shelter in Times Square. He got out of prison in 2019, did a pretty long stretch. You know what for? Killing his own mother. Oh. This guy killed his mother, and he was out on the street and probably going to find out that some, some soft judge let him go, and maybe he shouldn't have because uh, this guy clearly has not been uh, – rehabilitated i assume he's going back into prison 
but uh, and we're still waiting to get the guy on the subway who beat the Asian guy up and really beat him and, and strangled him until and, and he was unconscious. That guy hasn't been caught yet, as far as I know. He will be. Everyone's got pictures. Everyone's got video. That's a good thing. So uh, uh, Brandon Elliott is in custody and hopefully not getting out anytime soon. We don't have any details on, you know, how he killed his mother or when, but he was paroled in 2019 after serving uh, a long stretch for murdering his own mom. So apparently he's as uh, big a scumbag as we suspected. Somebody got a $2,500 reward for turning him in, and that's a good thing. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you get what you can do with the UPS guy or whatever, but seeing those guys do nothing is just like... I, I wonder know, if like just I, as messed up as seeing the beating. It's just, it's crazy. I know. Cause you know what they could have done is just yeah, yelled at him. They didn't have to go out. He's big and strong. And maybe you can't really tell the age of the doorman. I guess we know now they've been suspended. I mean, maybe they didn't have to jump on his back cause it happened so quick, but they could have administered some, you know, help to the woman laying there in, on the sidewalk. And they also could have gotten a look at him, taken a picture of him with their phone. And, well, you can tell that the, you can tell the UPS guy, like he notices it starts watching it. Like he's paying close, close attention to it. You can't necessarily just because of the angles, you can't see the security team, how much they saw of the beating. You don't know, but the UPS maybe, guy clearly saw the whole thing. Maybe, you know, they're afraid that if they got involved, they'll be called whatever racist or something. And you know, maybe in their mind, they said, I can't get, but you can go out there with your phone, take a picture even if, you know, you don't touch the guy, you could just say, stop, you know, stop that she's down. You hurt her. I mean, he literally says, you don't belong here. A guy who murdered his own mother is telling this Asian woman who's going to church that she doesn't belong here. It's just sickening. I mean, you're and, just lucky that there was the perfect camera angle in that building, by the way, because if there's no camera there. True. I mean, it's true. C cameras are everywhere. We're seeing every, every damn crime. And yesterday, uh, the cameras helped bring justice here, bring this guy uh, uh, into custody and they hurt Derek Chauvin in his case because they had a bunch of angles and the look it was right at Chauvin. He looks like, like he did not care that uh, Floyd was suffering and the one person after another pleaded with him to stop. It's not without these people. I think it could be a much easier case if you're Chauvin to say, I was just following procedure, but all these people could see and hear and, you know, they fail for Floyd saying, stop. If he just listened to one of them, you know, we don't, wouldn't be here. Even if Floyd OD'd and in the ambulance and died, would be a whole different case of, if, 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 you know, five minutes after he put his knee on the neck, people said stop and he stopped. But anyway, that's, we'll get into that with John Cardillo and we'll get into it for the next three, four weeks and we'll see how it goes. And again, thoughts and prayers, to our, our new friend in downtown Minneapolis and all the people in downtown Minneapolis, because it ain't going to go well. Hey, yesterday, I've been saying this for, for a long time, Colin, on, on to a little football here, to a little football. I think the 17-game season is the dumbest idea, and I tweeted about it, and I've talked about it for years. 16 was such a good number. It was an even number. You could break it up into quarters and halves, and it went from Labor Day to New Year's Day nicely with a buy in there. And it was easy for the schedule to be fair and play this conference and that conference just made all the sense in the world. Plus, as we know, head injuries are a problem. Injuries are a problem. Big. I mean, the game is so much bigger, so much faster now. Guys are bigger. They're, they're hitting harder. It, 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 there's only so much punishment they could take. And yesterday, when they go to 17 games, they announce it. And I'm like tweeting what a terrible idea it is. And I've said it before. It amazed me how many people said, you know, it's a bad idea, but I'm in. Let's do it because they announced the games and it's Cowboys at Patriots in New England. It's uh, Chiefs. What is it? Chiefs Packers. They added a couple of other really good games and people like, oh, excellent. Excellent. I'm sorry. At some point you have to say they are, are, are getting greedy here. This is too much. I know some of the players have. I know Alvin Kamara uh, and, uh, and uh, Cam Jordan came out and said this is too much. You can't say if you get rid of a preseason game and add a regular season game, it's an even swap. It's not. They're two different things. Football cannot be uh, – it, 
cannot be turned into an exhibition game. And, and that's why preseason sucks. If you don't play for real, it's not the same. That's why you don't have, that's why the pro bowl sucks. That's why you don't have like old timers games in, in football, the way you do in baseball or basketball, you don't have pickup games. It's a brutal game. If they play it for real, it is dangerous. It is painful. It, there are injuries, there are head injuries. And 16 was a perfect number, maybe even too much. Other sports like baseball and hopefully, you know, hockey, basketball are, are contracting. They're, you know, having fewer games because they've, it, it's been saturated. There's just too much. Football thinks it's a good idea to go to 17 games. It's just the most transparent money grab. Like one more game, let's make some more money. And in that extra game, we'll watch, I'll watch. Someone's going to get hurt badly. You're going to say that wasn't necessary. By the way, does this mean the playoffs go to like, you know, whatever March? I mean, mid February is it? Gonna I was be- thinking uh, this hit me for some reason last night, but I was thinking like you get an extra game to break all these records. You know, like all the history. No, talks, you know, it's it's. I don't know. It's just, and by the way, in five years they're going to do the same thing over again. They're going to say, okay, maybe we can go to eighteen games. Eighteen. And you know what they'll say? Seventeen's an odd number. It does. It's an awkward number. Eighteen's better. I'm sorry. There is a breaking point. You know, a breaking point where you break your friggin' ACLs. Yeah. Break your brains. This they've reached it. I, I thought they had such a good product, such a good you know, system. Again, Labor Day to New Year's Day, one by this four get for, you know, these teams in this division play this division. But everything seemed to go so nicely. And someone said, "Hey, we can all make an extra couple million bucks if we play one more game." Bad idea, stupid idea. I don't care if there's some good games on the schedule that I will watch. I guess I'm a hypocrite because I will watch, but. They're just diluting the 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 sport, and uh, I don't like it. But I don't blame the players. I hope they all bitch and moan about it. But uh, we'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe in two years it'll be we're going eighteen, and then twenty uh, until they're dropping dead on the field. But anyway, yeah, that's well, the it's way. Gonna, it's probably going imp- to impact free agency because now it's a longer season, so you want to be a younger team, right? Because older players are going to be right. you know worn out by the end of the season. So it's there's a lot of implications to it. It, it, it just it does just seem silly in a money grab at the end of the day. Well, now you have a race on: will it be more games or will it be more uh, massage therapists molested by Deshaun Watson? I think it's twenty seventeen now. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Uh, hey, that's true. We don't have a Deshaun Watson uh, 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 victim today, do we? We don't have a new victim to talk about. Man, the good, it's a good day for Deshaun Watson. Bad day for uh, Brandon Elliott. Is that the scumbag's name? Brandon yes. Elliott yep. Yep. and uh, Derek Chauvin. Good day for uh, Deshaun Watson. But uh, before we talk to our, uh, our guest, uh, John Cordillo, let me mention Shea Concrete. Let me tell you what Shea can concrete can do for you you homeowners and home builders did you know that shake concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps of course you did whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete or you can customize with beautiful stone granite or brick a new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home in most cases they can remove your old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. This is the perfect springtime project. You can improve the look of your home and the value of your home. It's not an expense. It's an investment. You pick out the steps. They do the rest. They take away the old ones. They bring in the new ones. Just like that, your house looks better and it's worth more. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. All right, we got a lot to talk to, a uh, lot, a lot to discuss with our guy John Cardillo, former NYPD guy, and just uh, all around law enforcement expert who, uh, who has been watching the Chauvin trial closely, and who has been, uh, I think, <laughs> a friend of Matt Gates. So I'm glad it was a good day to talk to uh, to talk to John Cardillo. Do we have him now? Oh yeah, we're good to go. Well, Excellent. All right, joining us now is John Cardillo, former NYPD and conservative commentator and real good follow on Twitter, by the way, at John Cardillo. I know you're following. I know we're going to talk about the Chauvin trial. You're following it closely. But I got to ask something before we get to that, John. This morning, we learned that they have a 38 year old uh, suspect in custody who uh, kicked the crap out of the 65-year-old Asian woman in front of yeah. some in front of some witnesses who didn't really do anything about it. It was a disturbing video. 
we also, on that day that thing broke, we had the video of the guy beating up the Asian guy on the subway. Yesterday, we saw in the Chauvin trial a bunch of incredible video. Has the job of a cop gotten easier or harder with the dawn of uh, uh, everybody whipping out their cell phone? It seems like in the case of the 38-year-old guy who, by the way, murdered his own mother, we can get into that, uh, that yeah. it helps the cops. It got this guy, found him, busted him quick. But obviously for Chauvin, it ain't helping. <laughs> in, in no, the, uh, no. what, what, does the, what does the video do for a, the day in the life of a cop? Yeah, you know what I think it does, Jerry, uh, and thanks for the invite on the show. It's, it's been a, a long overdue, man. You're a great follow on Twitter as well. The, uh, the, I think what this culture of wokeness and the cell phone culture, and but more troubling uh, is the snippets of video, right? So it's not just the cell phone videos in and of themselves. It's the selective editing of those videos that eliminate all context in these police interactions that have made it, and I'm going to use this word, and it's not hyperbole, impossible for police to effectively do their jobs, right? They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. If they don't get out of the car and help somebody, while it might not violate their uh, Supreme Court and DC Circuit decisions on why they don't have to do that, that's a whole nother show, but they violate department policy and they violate uh, every law in the court of public opinion. So if they don't get out of the car, they're damned. If they do and they take proper police action, which oftentimes, doesn't look nice. I try to tell people this. When somebody commits a violent crime and they resist the police, their arrest is not going to look nice. It's not, sir, put your hands behind your back. These are savages who are going to fight you to the death. So it's very easy to take a minute and a half of video, edit that down to four seconds, and indict the police in the court of public opinion. And it's really made their job somewhat impossible. Right. And and I, I have a friend. He's a, a Boston cop. And uh, he said when they were forced to use body cams, it was bad news for the criminals. He goes, we can't give anyone a break anymore. You know, we're on video. Yeah. And we used to, you know, sometimes we'd give let guys off the hook, say, don't do it again. Get out of here. He says, we can't do that anymore. Yeah, no, it's true. Look, I mean, it, you know, you don't. I worked in the 4-6 precinct when I started my career. It was busy, man. We were, we were one square mile, to put it in perspective. And on a Saturday night with our sergeants and lieutenants, we're turning out 14 cars for one square mile. So I didn't want to arrest you if you had a dime bag of weed. I wanted to throw it down the sewer and tell you, go smoke it, get lost. You're not bothering anybody. I've got rapists and armed robbers and murderers and gangbangers to worry about. I don't want to take myself out of circulation for four, five, six hours because you were smoking weed on a stoop. So some of that discretion is gone, some is still there, but I think the unintended consequence that was beneficial to police the body cams, they're killing the false allegations. They're killing the, the oh my God, white cop murdered innocent unarmed black man when they could see, you can clearly see the gun on video. You can right. see the context leading up to the shooting. I used to be an opponent, like many cops were, of body cams. And I had a conversation with a, with a former chief, good friend of mine, former NYPD chief, and we both evolved. We, we're now the biggest proponents of body cams. And you can see their efficacy at providing proper context now and the fact that all these social justice warriors are saying, well, body cams violate our civil rights and our, and our right to due process because they blast our faces out there before we go to trial. And now the bad guys are the ones opposed to body cams because they've debunked all the false narratives. Right. Um, um, all right. Before we get to show, when I got to ask again about the 38-year-old, 38, 38 we, we have a name for this guy now, Brandon Elliott. Living Brandon Elliott, that's it, yeah. Living in a homeless uh, shelter in Times Square, we all saw the video where he literally just kicks the, this woman. Doesn't he, I don't think he punched her once. He just kept kicking her. Uh, this 65-year-old woman heading to church, they sent out the photo. They got him quickly. What I'm wondering when I see something like this, and he says to her, you know, you don't belong here. So clearly it's a, you know, quote, unquote, hate crime or an anti-Asian yeah. attack. How does something like this, this trend where, uh, you know, young, strong black guys are beating up Asian people and saying, get out of my, how does it end? We, we saw on uh, Twitter, Jesse Kelly, who's another great follow said it doesn't end till the Asian community takes it into their own hands and does something about it. I mean, obviously the cops are doing their job that, you know, they busted the guy and he probably, you know, Guy, guy who got out of prison, I think a year ago for killing his mother is going back, hopefully. But if this is a trend, if we see it happening, particularly in New York over and over again, what's the end game? What do, how does it end? Well, look, I mean, this isn't a new phenomenon. <clears throat> and Jesse's right. Just a good buddy of mine. I do a show off. This doesn't, uh, this isn't a new phenomenon. 
Go back to 1992, the L.A. riots. Everybody remembers the, the quote-unquote roof Koreans, right? They were on the roofs of their businesses with rifles because they had had previous predatory problems from the black community. They knew what was coming. We saw this in New York for years. I was a cop in the 90s. I can tell you going back then, Jerry, going back 25 years, the, the vast majority, and when I say vast majority, 98, 99 plus percent, of anti-Asian and anti-Semitic attacks in New York City were perpetrated by young black men. That's not racist. That's crime data. That, that's the data point. Like the data point, hate the data point. Right. That's the data point still supported by the FBI, UCR, the Uniform Crime Reports, reconciled with U.S. Census data. I think it's partially, uh, yeah, the Asian community to an extent takes it into their own hand. But more importantly, our business, the reprehensible cretins on the left in the media business have to start reporting honestly, because if you only looked at CNN, MSNBC, The Times, Washington Post, ABC, NBC, CBS, you would think that this guy, male black, 38, like you say, on parole for killing his mother. What the hell is wrong with any member of a parole board that lets that guy back on the street the media would have reported that story, not told us race of the offender, told us nothing about his past history, and everybody would have been led to believe it was a quote-unquote white supremacist. That narrative would have proliferated. That would have been the, 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 the quietly disseminated implied narrative uh, from the media. So I think this helps just as much. Guys like you and I that have a presence, that, that, that have a bit of a voice, that can get it out there on a podcast, on social media, debunking that narrative with the real story, with the data. Because when we do it, right, the New York Post, the New York Daily News, the New York Times, they have to report accurately. Look, if not for social media, they'd still be getting away with what they were getting away with for decades. That's a, that's a good point. I, I think of poor Muhammad Anwar, the Uber, Uber Eats driver yeah. in D.C. Obviously, he lost his life trying to save his car, save his job. His job. Uh, and tough, bad break for him to young black girls. I mean, if that's, uh, oh, I don't know, Nicholas Sandman behind the wheel, uh, right. then it's the biggest story in all the, in, in every media outlet for weeks, months, it's the biggest story of the year, but it's two young black girls who uh, sadly, I think one of them still hasn't got her cell phone back. I mean, it's, it's tragic. Yeah, she's crying about that. But, but, right, but we, we just move yeah, on. We just move on. And, and, and Juan Williams right. said, oh, they just want to go for a joyride. And I don't know about you, but Whenever I go for a joyride, I make sure to bring my taser. You know, yeah, and I don't, I don't drag somebody and kill them. But look, I tweeted this the other day. If, they, if those two black girls were white teenagers, we'd know their life story, right. their social media history, their parents' social media history, and we'd know if their great-great-great-grandparents, wife's third cousin's <laughs> wife's brother, knew a guy that owned a slave 20 years prior. We would have known everything about this family. We'll never know a thing because it doesn't fit the narrative. They will bury this. Maybe these kids, I, I, I would bet money. They're from fatherless homes. I would bet right. money. Their mothers probably had some kind of addiction problem or, or have been incarcerated. But we'll never know that because the media will become their Praetorian guard like they do with Biden's cognitive issues, right? The, the media is the Praetorian guard now for the subjects of the protected narrative. And we're not allowed to have full disclosure. Right. And same in, in Boulder. We move on quickly in Boulder because it doesn't, yeah. you know, the, the uh, tough break again. You know, these poor folks, these 10 people lost their lives. It was a Syrian immigrant. If it weren't, if it were some, you know, whatever NRA guy, yeah. it, it would be, you know, some angry white man, as many predicted. If it were, they'd be in the news every day. We'd hear their stories every day. But we just move on. And I do want to move on to Chauvin because I heard you breaking it down or pre previewing the trial. And it was really good. Good stuff, Cardillo, because I thought going into this trial, I thought Chauvin's lawyer had one job. And I'm not really impressed with Chauvin's lawyer so far, but I thought there was one simple job to give him a chance to, if not beat the rap, at least uh, minimize the damage and go away for as little time as possible. And the job was to prove that the knee on the neck didn't kill him, that it was the drugs and the, the heart attack induced by fentanyl. And if he proved that, then you can't, you know, essentially prove murder. 
But yesterday I thought was a pretty devastating day. These are human beings on the jury. They got to hear, among other things, a couple of young girls who witnessed it. And uh, they got to see a lot of video and they got to hear a firefighter. I thought that was the most damaging testimony, a female firefighter who offered to, to give assistance to, to, to Floyd medical. And, and they said, get lost, get lost to a firefighter, off-duty firefighter. It was not a good day for Chauvin, but it, does it still come down to proving the cause of death? Is that still the, the whole uh, issue sure. here, in your opinion? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, look, number one, there are a couple of things I really don't like uh, that I'm seeing from Chauvin's defense team. And I say this not being an attorney, but having been sat in many of these trials in law enforcement and, and was the subject of grand jury investigation myself for a shooting. I was cleared it was a good shooting, but I know what grand juries can do and what juries can do. So first thing I would have done if I were Chauvin is I would have argued the hell out of it with my lawyer for a bench trial. I would rather have been in right. front of a judge who would have who would have weighed the evidence uh, on the facts, not on a motion. Look, real quick anecdote. I was at a shooting in the, in the mid-1990s, and uh, we had to go to grand jury. We returned fire. We shot the guy. He shot at us seven times, Jerry, first. Do you know that? We were fine. We were cleared. But the grand jury refused to indict him on attempted murder of police officers. They indicted him on the criminal use of a firearm. Do you know why? It was December. And they actually returned this statement to the DA. We know he shot at the police. We know he could have killed the police. But as black members of the community, we can't send a black man to jail before Christmas. That was why the grand jury returned it. So I don't trust juries to deliver justice firsthand. Now that doesn't make me a biased guy. I always did my job fairly. I still do to this day. But I do know that juries will, will react to emotion no matter what they say. Right. More than fact, the other thing that bothers me, something I'm not seeing from the Baltimore PBA, the Baltimore, uh, I'm sorry, the Minneapolis PBA, the Minneapolis PD, or his lawyers, the knee on the neck was what was taught to Chauvin in the academy as an approved restraint. So let's put the Minneapolis PD and its training on trial. Let's find out exactly when he was retrained, if he was, because if he wasn't, that's a critical, critical defense data point that nobody's talking about. And then lastly, the big elephant in the room, the autopsy with enough fentanyl in his system to kill a horse. And so all of these things, if this case was only being weighed on the evidence are slam dunk reasonable doubt, he should be acquitted. But the question is gonna be, is the jury gonna do their job and weigh those evidentiary facts or are they gonna be terrified of the woke mob Antifa Black Lives Matter coming to burn their houses down and cover their own asses with the verdict? That's a, a, a great question. And yeah, I mean, it certainly you know, popped into my head watching yesterday because it was all about emotion uh, yesterday. Yeah. And as you say, emotion works on juries. And I remember the OJ trial, we all learned this new term, jury nullification. And, you yeah. know, they essentially, you know, said, uh, if, if you convict, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be you know, rioting and there's going to be, you know, racial strife. It's never uh, that that possibility has never been more evident than than here. And now in this trial, I guess I don't understand. I'm with you. Why not have a bench trial? Why not let a judge decide? But also, how can he possibly get a fair trial in uh, Minneapolis? I wouldn't blame a juror who has a family head home, has a business. Yep. And he's I mean, you don't even have to have a uh, an explicit threat. You could just understand that it's not going to go well if you vote to acquit on any count. See, I think if they don't give him the max, convict them on every count, these jurors, they're in trouble and they know it. So we often hear about why would you move a trial? I mean, this is exhibit A, is it? Why wouldn't you move this trial to Idaho where the jurors wouldn't feel like if they ruled one way or the other that their lives would be in danger? Oh, God. Yeah, that was I missed that point. You're spot on. I, I would have also argued for change of venue. I don't I'd, I'd move this thing to Guam or American Samoa if I could. I mean, everybody in the country knows about this case. Right. We were inundated with St. George Floyd and his gilded casket and his funeral of 12,000 people, despite the fact that he stuck guns into the stomachs of pregnant women. You know, this guy, he was like the futures of rocketry, oncology and the Nobel Prize, if you listen to the mainstream media. And so how do you give this guy a fair trial in the local jurisdiction? You don't. You're right. Move it somewhere where the community doesn't have any interest, no matter what the verdict is, in burning things down and in, in threatening or killing this guy's family and coworkers. I don't understand why his lawyers didn't argue for that. Now, I will say this. I don't think any judge would have granted it. 
but at least ask for it to give you your your your, uh, your defendant, your your client as a defense attorney, one more appeal point. And they didn't do that. I, I don't think Chauvin personally, again, not a lawyer, didn't see all the documents, but face value, I don't think Chauvin has the best representation. No, I didn't think so yesterday. And maybe he couldn't get it. Maybe again, maybe it's Minneapolis. Yeah, sure. sort of, I mean, you saw what happens when lawyers defended, you know, the president of the United States a few yeah, months ago, yeah, yeah. you know, they get kicked out of their firms. Uh, so maybe it was tough to find someone, but I thought before it began again, that it was about the cause of death and is the fentanyl the, the reason he died. And secondly, is it proper procedure that he followed to subdue him? And I guess even if it is, do you say, whatever they said, nine minutes and 29 seconds. Is that, was that necessary? And the, the again, that hinges on a motion of the jury and they, you know, they, they're going to hear these witnesses and they're going to get choked up. And they're also going to say, if I let this guy, and they could, they probably already think Chauvin's a bad guy and he probably is a bad guy, but if they let him walk in any low, you know, in any way, you know, Sharpton is outside the courthouse, yeah. you know, ready to, you know, take action. And uh, you've been around Sharpton enough to know that when he's around, good things don't happen. I mean, does he ever, has Al Sharpton ever improved a situation in any way by his presence? The guy is the grim effing reaper. Right? Listen, I, when I was in high school, I used to work for an architect running building plans down to departments of buildings offices in Brooklyn. And I would go to, to uh, Brooklyn quite often. And Al Sharpton would stand outside the Brooklyn Department of Buildings, essentially shaking down general contractors and architects basically saying, you're going to hire my non-union labor. I'm going to shut your job down. <clears throat> and then, you know, they would come back and say, well, I got another problem. I got the wise guys, the, the, the mobsters who want the union labor on the job site. Then Sharpton would go to them. They'd cut a deal and the job sites would get part non-union, part union labor. So Al Sharpton has been a gangster and a thug for years. I personally worked two mini riots in New York City that, that he uh, facilitated, that he was the catalyst behind, right? The Freddy's Fashion Mart when they burned that store down in Harlem. And then the peddler riots, these were violent. People died. So Al Sharpton leaves a trail of destruction behind him wherever he goes. And it blows my mind why this guy is given network deals, why he was invited into the Obama White House. He is a gangster, a common thug. But you're right. No matter what they would have done here, Sharpton is going to be out there. He's going to try to cause problems. But there's one more. I want to address one more. Again, why I think Chauvin has bad representation. You bring up an interesting point. Knee on the neck about nine minutes, right? Why are we not hearing about the training doctrine in the Minneapolis PD? Officer Chauvin, were you ever trained in, in any kind of uh, uh, EMT, paramedic, or, or medical context? Well, no, the police academy doesn't really train you in that unless you put in for it later on in service training. Okay, were you ever trained about the time and knee on the neck? No. A doctor comes in, for argument's sake, says, okay, it's four minutes. Officer Chauvin, were you ever told this? No. So in your training doctrine with the Minneapolis PD, they never told you a knee on the neck for more than eight minutes and 30 seconds could be fatal. No. Then you bring in those training materials. And if they're not there, he's acquitted on that point. Right. No one's arguing that. Right. Again, they're defaulting to he put his knee on the neck because he was white. The guy was black. They're giving Al Sharpton and the, and the Al Sharptons of the world all the ammunition to go out there and riot no matter what. And, and again, I just think this trial is a mess. And to me, anyway, it's a kangaroo court. And you, I, I saw CNN. I happened to flip over to CNN this morning, and one of their analysts, their legal analyst, said, just look at how cavalier Chauvin is, how arrogant he is. He's got his sunglasses on his head and his hand on his hip. And I'm going, so that, I'm thinking, they're trying to prove that the knee on the neck isn't the cause of death. And this legal analyst, I believe he was uh, obviously a lawyer, was saying, Look at the sunglasses on the head. And I'm thinking that's what the prosecution is going to do to the jury. They're going to look at the jury and, and try to uh, yeah. hit, him, you know, hit him in the heart. Say, look at the sunglasses on the head, the hand on the hip. He didn't care about George Floyd. And if you're the defense, and again, it goes back to your point, why don't, why don't you leave it to a judge? Why would you want to get a jury of, of people who are, you know, got tears coming down their cheeks, feeling bad for George Floyd and hating? They're all hating Chauvin already. They would never in their mind say we can't, the, the, even if the evidence points to acquittal on everything, they'll never do that. Would you agree? They'll no. never acquit them on everything because they know what the result will be for their for their community. Yeah, absolutely. They're never going to acquit him on anything. And look, at the end of the day, you don't remember a juror's name, right? They go home. They forget about this trial in a couple of months. A judge doesn't want to be overturned repeatedly for the next five years, embarrassed, right. shamed, shamed in their profession. They'd rather take that immediate protest hit, they'll get a Minneapolis PD 
or state trooper security detail. They'll go back to their house in the nice suburb and they'll be fine. The jurors are going to play. They're going to be played on emotion. They're going to disappear into history, fade away into irrelevance, and they're going to get away with this. The same appeals will play out. And in the end, Chauvin will probably win. But it, it would have shortened the process and cost taxpayers a hell of a lot less money had they gone to a bench trial as well. You know what the real shame, the real, uh, obviously we saw a whole summer of rioting and looting and burning and from uh, Memorial Day on and in honor of George Floyd. Um, you know what the real shame of it is, is, is it worked. You know, it worked. They, we saw yeah. they didn't, most of them didn't get arrested. Most of them didn't do time. I mean, not, it's not like they were standing outside the Capitol with a MAGA hat on on January 6th. Right. They didn't do anything that egregious, but they did commit crimes and it, they got their way. So they're saying, if this doesn't go our way, we just do it again because it works. This is what works. Burning, looting, destroying neighborhoods. I just feel bad, and I say this every day, for the guy who owns a, whatever, a convenience store or, or an auto zone. I don't know if they, they tried to rebuild the auto zone from last summer or not. But those people just must be up late at, at night saying, what can I do? How can I you know, stop them from destroying my life again? You know, you know what's the saddest part of this? So the command I worked in for many years was a was a ninety nine point like nine 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 percent non white command, primarily Dominican, uh, was secondarily black area, <clears throat> and uh, I would have this conversation with the store owners all the time. They'd say, "The people for, come in, they rob the store, they beat me up, they stuck a gun in my face, they stuck a knife in my face, they beat my wife up, they threatened to rape my daughter." But I come to work in their neighborhood every day because nobody else wants to open a business here. What more do I have to do? What more do I have to do? Why are they preying on me? Walgreens won't open here. CVS won't open here. Right. So I take my life savings. I open here and they're abusing me. And, and the interesting thing, the only side note, the only shooting I ever responded to in that area that, that in which a legal gun was used was a retired Nassau County police officer who moved there to open a business and was robbed at gunpoint. Nassau County is the county right next to New York City. That was the only time a legal gun was everything. Thank God it was because he would have been dead, right? But, but that's the problem. The people in these neighborhoods don't appreciate that these businesses come in. To that end, this is where I, I, I just want to bang my head against the wall, and I know you do too. The liberals will tell you, the left, CNN, Washington Post, that, that those riots are the purest form of the First Amendment. That's the First Amendment. Just, but now forget the people that went into the Capitol of trespassing charges are warranted, they're warranted. But the tens of thousands that nearly showed up outside the Capitol in MAGA hats were literally, literally, and I don't know if you use that word, carrying out the First Amendment letter. They were petitioning their government with their grievances. They're labeled domestic terrorists. I mean, things are upside down, absolutely upside down. And hell, you and I could do five shows on why I distrust the Department of Justice and the FBI at this point. But the, the world is upside down. I feel bad for these merchants in Minneapolis because I think no matter what happens, they're going to if he's convicted, their businesses are going to be destroyed. If he's acquitted, they're going to be destroyed. And and you saw one. of I mean, there's a lot of disturbing footage these days. The guy in Portland who uh, got out of his truck, pulled out his gun, had a permit to yeah. carry and. Two seconds. I mean, he's got guys spraying that, you know, pepper spray in his face and throwing stuff and smashing windows in his truck. Yep. Poor guy gets out, pulls his legal, you know, his gun, that he's, he's licensed to carry. And two seconds later, the cops have him face down on the pavement, arresting him. And uh, defending yourself apparently is against the law now in Portland. It is disturbing. And there's just a lot of really disturbing trends and i feel bad for them. not just the people in minneapolis john but then you know what's going to happen in portland it's going to happen in all the same places because again it worked they got their way last time they're yeah. going to get their way again and they're not going to pay any real price for it we know they'll get arrested be out the next day and see him again doing the same thing it's too bad for the people in minneapolis and uh, i guess they have they've hired some of the cops back at least to to protect them they defunded the police last time they brought them all back but before you go before i let you go and i appreciate again your time here john but um the the wildest story of the week or i don't know wildest story i've seen in a long time was this uh, matt gates thing and matt gates is a florida guy and i don't know have you had dinner with Matt Gates and his seventeen-year-old uh, girlfriend? Because apparently, he's, <laughs> those those two kids get around. <laughs> you know, I know Matt really well. I've really? known Matt a lot. Yeah, I know. I know. So he's. Uh, you know, I call Matt a personal friend. I've had dinner with Matt many times, and uh, I, I know his fiance well, and, and she's a great girl. 
Uh, he's, yeah, I, I backed his first state house race here in Florida years back. I mean, I have to tell you, I don't, I've never seen, and I'm not saying this because I know the guy, I like the guy, uh, I've got friends who went to college with the guy. I'm, I'm a pretty honest broker. You've gotten to know my Twitter account. I've been critical of the president. I know and like the president, Trump. Right. Uh, but I've never seen any behavior from Matt Gates that indicates this is accurate. I've never seen him ever reference younger girls. I've never seen the guy travel with or, or bring younger girls around. Every woman I've ever seen him with is, you know, in his age range, you know, like, you know, late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, he's maybe mid to upper thirties. So real, I've never seen that behavior. And from what I've seen, his pattern's always been women who were right in the sweet spot of the age he should be dating. All really attractive women. I was saying, very, very attractive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, so, and Matt's a good looking guy. You know, he comes from a family with some means. He's been a successful lawyer, a U.S. congressman. He was a pretty successful state rep here in Florida. He's had his share of women. I mean, I've been around when women came over to me. Do you know Matt Gates? Do you know Matt Gates? I'm 30. I mean, he's not, he doesn't, he didn't need to try. So I'm really going to, going to take a look at this one. Plus I like how he got in front of it yesterday, but I'll tell you what else bothers me, Jerry. Let's say Matt Gates or any other conservative and the allegations are true. The allegations are false. Why does DOJ only leak one way? They've never leaked anything on Hunter Biden. That's true. Never leaked anything on Hunter Biden. Never. But damn, Matt, Matt Gates leaks come pouring out. Donald Trump leaks. Donald Trump Jr. leaks. I mean, this puts DOJ on trial again. But again, uh, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'll tell you, I've, I've never seen anything in, in many years that would indicate it's, Gates it's, would do anything like this. Perhaps the greatest public service Donald uh, J. Trump ever performed was exposing, you know, the deep state, the swamp. You didn't really know what it was until Trump came along. And now we do. And now we know that uh, yeah. you know, 15 FBI agents uh, investigate a, a rope with a loop in it uh, at the track and in Alabama, yeah. but uh, you know, Trump, Humper, Hunter Biden's laptop, eh, uh, nothing Man. to see here. We move along, but I, I, you know, Gates family, they tried to, according to Gates, extort him for $25 million. And I'm saying, holy crap, does Matt Gates family have that kind of dough? Is that pretty well? I don't know his family. I know Matt, uh, but uh, from what I understand, his dad uh, uh, was very successful in business and, uh, if, if he doesn't have that uh, or more, he's close to it from what wow. I understand. His, his dad was very successful at what he did, yeah. And and, and dad's wearing a wire. <laughs> yeah, so, good. Uh, this story has just begun. Hopefully Tucker remembers that time they had dinner because it sounds like <laughs> he's using Tucker as some kind of alibi. Whether Tucker That was knows. awkward. That, that was a little bit awkward. I'll get that it. was bizarro. But uh, yeah. anyway, John Cardillo, former NYPD conservative commentator and great follow on Twitter. I'll let you go take it. Is your dog uh, vicious like Major Biden? Does your dog? Nah, my dog is this big. He's this big. He thinks he's a Malinois, but he's barking at somebody down there. Yeah, sorry about that. Is, is there any doubt that Major Biden, the dog that's biting, is just a prop that Joe Biden has never really cared? About? I mean, that they haven't trained oh. this dog. It's just a prop. We need a dog for pictures. Bring in, they didn't consider that maybe the beast is going to start biting anyone that looks at him funny. But that's not really a how. That's not really a family pet. It's just a prop. No, it's, I think it's becoming a lot of conservatives' favorite Biden, though. So that's the upside. <laughs> All right, John Cardillo, I really appreciate the time. We will do it again sometime. Thanks. Yeah, this was great, Jerry. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. That is John Cardillo, former uh, NYPD officer and conservative commentator, law enforcement authority. Guy knows his stuff. And uh, I heard him uh, analyzing the uh, the uh, Chauvin preview in the Chauvin trail somewhere else. And I said, got to get him, man. This guy knows his stuff. He's good. Follow him on uh, Twitter. Too. You just, you just implicated him by the way. Yeah. Now he's gone now because yeah. he's gone to dinner with Matt Gates before, just like Tucker. And now he's going to be a witness and whatever's going to go down. I mean, yeah, I don't care if you hate, um, uh, Matt Gates and I don't, he's obviously a firebrand. That's the name of his book. Firebrand and conservative firebrand and a fighter, which we want. I love when he went to Wyoming and, uh, campaign against Lynn Cheney and he's just he's just entertaining guy outspoken guy but um I think you got gotta say there's never a dull moment there's so much to this latest um ac these accusations and the defense and in one interview he says that they a former DOG DOJ official tried to extort him of 25 million and his father wore a wire to set the guy up and and had dinner obviously with Tucker. And I'm thinking, you introduced so much new 
you know, material here, and it better be true. If it is true, then he's going to come out looking great. But there was no Hemming and Hahn, and I'll have to talk to my lawyer, and that's not, you know, I can't get into that right now. There's an ongoing investigation. He just flat out said they're setting me up, they're extorting me and my family. They wanted twenty-five million. That we were, we set him up to give an initial payment of four and a half million. My father wore a wire. And I'm saying, holy crap, this guy does not. That's how you, if 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 he's right, if if it's all a, a plot to uh, bring him down then he is fighting the way you have to fight. He is not backing down for one minute or admitting anything. I guess, you know, we'll find out if indeed she was 17. But it's going to be funny to watch all the people who defended, you know, Bob Menendez, uh, who was uh, in the Dominican with, you know, teenage girls, or or Bonnie Frank, who, uh, I mean, uh, Gary Studs, who took a 17-year-old page to, to, to Paris, I believe, got him drunk and had his way with a child who worked for him and they defended him years and years ago, but, uh, or, you know, friends of Jeffrey Epstein, are we going to, you know, we're going to have like, the, you know, the Clintons, Hillary Clinton going to chime in on this friends of Jeffrey Epstein. are going to criticize Gates for a 17 year old girlfriend. I will. Cause I'm a, a moral man and I don't, I don't condone, you know, sex with children, but, uh, all have these, you ever, have you ever seen a segment with Tucker like that where he like Never. clearly, I mean, I, I can't, I, I saw the story break in the NY in the times yesterday too. He clearly just like texted him right away. He's like, just come on my show. Barely had any background. Tucker just felt like he just, I think it went the other way. I think Gates said, I want to come on right now and defend yeah, myself. And if you Tucker, you go, he, 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 indeed at the beginning of the show, he said, man, this thing's just breaking. We're going to talk to Matt Gates in a minute, but first let me do this thing on, uh, it was on the, the China virus and uh, he did 10, 15 minutes on the virus. It was a really good segment and then went into Gates and didn't know what to expect and was like stunned. He's sitting there going, what? To the point where he literally came out and basically said that was the weirdest thing I've ever been I don't know how, um, you know, Tucker Carlson having dinner with a congressman. I guess I mean, he's done that before, but to forget about it, <laughs> to forget if he indeed had dinner with Gates and his girlfriend and Tucker and his wife, you forget. Well, he, probably, he, probably, he didn't forget he had dinner with Gates. He probably just forgot whoever the hell Gates brought. You know, like Cardell is making it seem like every time he goes to dinner, Gates is bringing a new, a new chick. I, I mean, I've seen and his uh, fiance, whatever she, yeah, fiance is smoking hot, and she's and he's right. He's you know had a had his fun as a single man, but. Uh, I have no sympathy for a guy. If she's indeed 17, she's traveling with him. Then he, I hope it, you know, he, he I hope they's just, well, you know, what's amazing to pose him and ruin him because that's disgusting, especially when you're, you don't, I mean, you got plenty of choices. It's not like you're some, like you like, uh, you're some goofy looking guy or you're 21 years old and she's 17. You're almost 40. I mean, and, and you don't have to do that. Let's be honest. <laughs> He's got other options. If he, if he indeed did that paid for her to fly around with him and she's 17, if they prove that, then I don't I have no mercy for him. Uh, no sympathy for him. Bring him down. I don't care. Of course, it is amazing to me though, because I've already seen clips of you know all these different television shows from last. Like Rachel Maddow jumps on it, and she has the New York Times reporter on, and you know Joe Scarborough is covering it this morning. This guy immediately goes on Tucker Carlson. He's not he's not hiding, you know. What I mean? Like he he's no, ready to talk and fight back. He's ready to talk and fight back. Who the hell wants to hear from these? Like who, Joe Scarborough is talking to some stupid analyst right now about it. This guy's ready to get on to get on television <laughs> and fight back. Why would you not reach out to him and have that conversation? It's almost like, did he even spend a minute talking to a lawyer? Did he just go for it? No, I guess he is a lawyer, but I mean, just, just he just said, "Put me on TV." That's how you defend yourself if you are indeed innocent. I some people said he didn't do himself any favors. Again, I was watching CNN and they were talking about it and they were stunned. Yeah, and if he didn't say anything, they would have given him shit for not coming right. out. And saying, like you can't win in those situations. And it, it does uh, to me. It looks good as a person who just comes out and says, "Screw the screw the traditional means of like lawyering up and PR crisis communications. Like just go fight." Yeah, <laughs> natural. Um, you know, John mentioned uh, the uh, you know, seeing him out. Even his, his defense. The, I mean, the New York Times is saying he's involved in a CEFs, there's a DOG investigation, began with uh, Bill Barr, of him for sex trafficking. Now, that means, I think, you know, crossing state lines. So when Gates comes on, he kept saying, I didn't travel with it. I didn't travel with it. I didn't travel. He kept saying, I didn't travel with the with a girl, a 17-year-old. In other words, I didn't take her across state lines, which is the big crime, sex trafficking, a federal crime. So. If he, if he was with a 17-year-old and they stayed in Florida, 
I still think that's creepy and that's wrong. Well, this story is just getting started, Colin. It's going to get wild. And uh, maybe Gates will pop in on, you know, Hannity tonight and say, remember when we had dinner with my girlfriend and me? And uh, he'll leave us all wondering what the hell's going on again tonight. But uh, um, it was a wild interview and it's a wild story. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, We will leave it there. Thanks to John Cardillo for joining us today. And thanks to uh, DCU and Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. And thanks to everybody for listening. I appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast. And we'll do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. This is Denny Somak, host of The Rock Podcast. I'm a producer, author, and rock historian, and I want to share with you some of the greatest stories in rock and roll. Well, Bonzo was the best hard rock drummer ever, hands down. I mean, no one comes within a mile of him. I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. John Lennon had this wise guy look on his face, just like me and my friends were just a bunch of wise guys, street kids. The first guitar I ever had was a Spanish guitar, and I couldn't really get the hang of it. I was only 13. I had never written a song before, actually, and... Uh, so Jim says, okay, everybody go home and write some songs, you know. And so I went, went home and wrote Light My Fire. Join me for The Rock Podcast, the only podcast that matters. From Podcast One or wherever you get yours. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Are you headed back to college this fall? Amazon has part-time jobs with students in mind. With starting pay up to $20 an hour and shifts that work with your schedule, you'll be able to balance school, work, study time, and social time. So beat the fall rush and go to Amazon.com slash student jobs to start looking for a part-time job. Not only will you earn while you learn, but you'll get to add Amazon to your resume and jumpstart a career that can take you places. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.